Welcome to the second edition of Swimming with Sharks DFS podcast. I'm your host, Mike Carls. As always, or for the second time in a row in forever, I'm joined by Eric Robertson. Eric, since last time we spoke, which was every day since the last podcast, how have you been doing? I've been awesome, man. Uh, I know I had a little better uh, weekend experience than you probably did last week. And uh, other than me burning all my money away playing MLB, it's been great. Yeah, Eric just cannot stop with his addiction. and He just has to play MLB. All right, listen, I've had a few rough days the last week or so in it, but we're hopping back on the train. Yeah, so I, uh, I stick away from MLB, but yesterday, you know, I had an itch. The DFS itch. I was like, oh, I want to play. So I said, Eric, you've been researching all day for MLB. Send me a lineup, dude. I'm going to play. And I had a free ticket on, on DraftKings. So sends me a lineup. I'm like, oh, dude, this I, I have full confidence in you. <laughs> and uh, I finished one spot out of cash. That's the kind of lineups Eric builds for MLB. Good. But just uh, not good enough. That's how it's been for about the last week. It's gotten pretty frustrating. I literally just like win money playing PGA to just like by the time the next week of PGA comes around, I'm just back even because I just lose it all playing MLB during the week. MLB is such a random sport because the it's best not, players can just score random. zero. It's not random. It's just very frustrating sometimes. Like yesterday, uh, we had a pitcher, uh, Zach Greinke, who pitched fine other than one pitch. He gave up a three-run bomb to uh, Sherino Satcher, and that was it. No one cares about baseball, so let's move. All right, all right, all right. All right, so first off, Swimming with Sharks, if you didn't listen last week, um, you know, shame. Just kidding. Um, But basically, just to kind of go over it again, because I know we might pick up some some new listeners this week, um, we're not a podcast about sharks, about great whites. Um, You know, we are a podcast about – you know, average DFS players trying to compete and beat the pros in the industry, a.k.a. Sharks. Um, we are going to be focusing on golf. And then when the gol- golf season's dwindling down, so when the golf season's over, we're going to shift our focus to football. Um, and then uh, we, we plan to release a golf podcast every Wednesday. So you have plenty of time before lock um, lineup locks on Thursday. And then we plan to do football whenever we can. It will. We're going to focus on the weekend slate, so yeah. more than likely um, sometime later in the week before we'll get a the set, Sunday We'll lock. get a set date and schedule for that figured out, too, once we get a little bit closer. And uh, for those of you who did listen last week, um, tell your friends. I think we had some pretty good plays last week. Uh, depending if you piece the right guys together, could have had some pretty good weeks out there. So uh, tell your friends. Join in. Yeah, by looking at a lot of our plays, I mean – um, we're going to do better moving forward. Um, we, we decided that this week we're going to write down each other's, pl- like all of our plays. And then we're going to keep track of like how many people, like where people finish and how many people made the cut and missed the cut, those kind of things. So you guys total transparency. If we have a bad week, like you guys are going to know about it. Cause all the plays that we talked about, we're going to let you know if a bunch of people missed the cut and we just sucked. Um, and it's bound to happen. We're not, we're not claiming we're going to be perfect. So, um, but for the yeah. most part, you know, you know, we, we want to see, we want to kind of track too how we're how how our plays actually do because we're not playing every single one of these guys because we just don't play that many lineups. But 
we play a lot of them and we want to just any guys we talk about we want to be able to turn around and say hey guys like here's how we did and all of the guys that we talked about yeah and biggest thing is just making sure not playing guys we're not talking about because i don't want to seem like i'm saving some good play for me or something uh i mean as far as transparency goes i think it was on saturday morning if you uh go on twitter um so yeah so this is something we didn't mention till the very end and i was kind of i i was not prepared so i didn't have it all together so we have a twitter it's uh, at SWSDFS. And once again, that's at SWSDFS. And then we have a we have an email account. If you ever want to email us, send us any questions or anything, we'll, we'll be happy to answer those on the podcast. Um, that's swimmingwithsharksdfs at gmail.com. And the reason I, uh, reason I did bring Twitter up is if you uh, go on there and take a look, I know Saturday morning I tweet out a picture um, I only played two lineups last week, so I only had nine total golfers I had exposure to, but I got nine for nine for nine through the cut. So, yeah, which is important because you know in in DFS golf, your goal is to get six. All you pick six golfers. Your goal is to get six. All six of those golfers, um, about half the field usually each week makes the cut. Um, so you want to get all of your players through that cut so you can maximize your points. So, um, Eric last week, nine for nine with his two lineups. Um, so he had nine different, you know, nine players in total. And, uh, so he ended up having a pretty good week. Um, also while we're speaking about it, I know some people listen to us right now. We're currently on our, um, on the split six media, um, podcast page. So, um, we are working on getting our own feed, so um, that's in the works right now. Um, we're working with our podcast producer um, on that, so um, that should be coming soon. It'll be a little bit easier to find us and stuff, but um, any reviews on any of the um, podcast apps that you use um, are really appreciated. Um, obviously, you know, uh, we would love to know how we're doing. If there's anything that you, you know, we didn't talk about or things that you want us to talk about more than happy to take that feedback. You know, we're just, we're really new at this, so we're trying our best, but, um, we're happy to, uh, you know, we would love the reviews. It's going to, you know, help us, um, you know, get out there so more people can hear us and hopefully we can help more people, you know, catch some sharks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not new to the DFS, but definitely new to the whole podcast thing. So let's not let it get better. Um, you want to start kind of looking back to how uh, last week exactly did go for us? Yeah, let's uh, let's definitely talk about last week. So last week we had the PGA Championship, uh, the hundredth ever. We failed to mention that it was the hundredth PGA. Yeah, we and, probably should mention that. And it was the it's the last time this will be the last major um, of the year. Um, they're moving it to the spring next year. So it's going to be the second major, um, now moving forward. And, um, and it was the last time being played at, uh, at that course. Right. Belleville. At, Be- at Belle Reve. Mm-hmm. So, um, didn't mention all of that, but so next year we're going to get this, uh, PGA championship a bit earlier in the year for the Wanamaker trophy. So, um, yeah, let's talk about last week, um, what happened. Well, all right, let's be real. We can't even begin to talk about last week. It was so awesome. Until we talk about the amazing event it was. I saw a lot of people on Twitter, especially overseas, they were having a really hard time like watching the coverage or watching the, the best players. It was literally one of the most fun golf tournaments I've ever watched on TV. It 
it was so far in my um, like watching golf recently. Like I've watched a lot of golf recently. This was a insanely fun tournament. I mean, let's be real. Tiger Woods. Yeah, it was wild, man. I he shot his lowest round in a major ever. Yeah, and didn't win, which is crazy. Was good and bad. Good and bad. But I wanted Tiger to win, but it, it would kind of worked out a little more for my favor. They didn't win as far as uh, draft chains and what this pod is going about. Right. And and, and me, I have the mentality that. Mike know, maybe, was all about losing all of his money last week if it meant Tiger was going to win. If Tiger was going to win. He didn't care. I didn't care if I had a grand in play. <laughs> I wanted Tiger to win. Um, I He's one of my favorite athletes of all time across any sport. And. And I'll be honest, he played good enough to win. He did. Just there was no one that's beaten Brooks that day. No, Brooks was. Uh, Brooks was. I don't care who you put up. There, there was nobody beating Brooks that day. But can we just talk about like the crowds at St. Louis were crazy. Yeah, they're wild. Um, they were respectful. You didn't hear a lot of the nonsense like after people teed off. There's a lot, a lot of times at golf tournaments, people say stupid things when when golfers tee. You heard a lot of like, "Come on, Tiger, let's go, Tiger." You know, but none of the nonsense. I forget what hole out. that was. That uh, that video that I sent you when he made that putt. I'm I'm not sure which hole that was. Going down the stretch on Sunday, that crowd went absolutely freaking nuts. It was 18, I believe. Was it? Um, but yeah, every dude, I was, I watched the entire, I watched Tiger's entire round. Um, it just, I had chills a lot of the time because every time he was, he was so, he was old Tiger. He was so determined. He had that look, that's that Tiger stare on his face. I just keep thinking about that one putt. And just he, he the putt that stopped on, on, the edge. on the edge. Like if that goes in, maybe the whole afternoon's different. You never know. Yeah. Puts a little bit more pressure on. You never know. Yeah, I mean, he was locked. In. I mean, the first nine hole, the the front nine, he didn't hit a single fairway. There was a, he interviewed after, and they were asking him about it, and he said, "Yeah, I was off." He's like, "So I just got up to the tee and decided which side would I rather miss, right or left?" Because <laughs> <laughs> he just knew he couldn't hit it straight. I mean, it didn't matter because he was hitting into the gallery, clearing people out. Like making people and then hitting a perfect iron shot that from one like he had 15 from the, feet. That one he had from the left where he had to that draw of the trees, that shot was absolutely amazing. Dude, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of the shots that, I mean, he had into a bunker. I forget what hole it was, but he had into a, the fairway bunker off the tee. And he was, you know, that he was like, at that point, he started putting some birdies together out of the bunker, just sticks it. Then on, I think, 16 par three, sticks it like three feet away i was twitter was amazing um i love i loved being on twitter because people were just going ballistic so but let's not yeah let's not make this a tiger woods podcast let's talk about the man mr biceps mr where's my bench brooks kepka i mean you we we talked about him last week yeah, uh, um, we, you really liked him. We talked about him. Um, I was really close to playing Justin Rose over him. I mean, it literally just came down to I just I buy into the Brooks on majors thing, and uh, thankfully I did because I had a pretty good week. Also, put that on Twitter if people want to check it out. I think I almost had a five at week, so good, uh, good, good solid week. And honestly, if I would play Justin Rose over Brooks, I probably would like broke even. Yeah, and. With Brooks, it was it's crazy because um, 
we four, were on four PGA wins, three majors, three majors. Yep. And we were on them a couple few weeks. Ago. We we were talking about them a couple weeks ago when we didn't have a pod, and uh, because you know he he burned us a couple times. He burned us, but he even said in his if he, in his post uh, post win interview, um, they brought that question up. They said they said Brooks, you seem to just play really well at majors. Like in what in like not the other tournaments, like what's going on? And he says, he's just like my folk. I just have another focus level for for tournaments and every shot is so important. And he just loves that pressure of the tournaments. So, I mean, you have to think, I mean, he's close to being number one overall. He's he's real close. He's real close. But he I mean, he's playing at like you just can't ever not like you have to think he's in contention in any big tournament he plays yeah i mean at this point every major he should be absolutely a front runner to win it um i mean he's not three majors already he's 28 he's not even that old you know what i love about him so he go he his walked, interviews did you see his interviews throughout the week yeah he's so like brutally honest like uh, there was one he was talking about how they were at the him and dustin johnson are at like lifetime fitness or something and like some guy came up to him and was like, hey, dude, did you see the number one golfer in the world's in here? Talking about Dustin Johnson. And he's just like, I was just like, yeah, I saw him. And like, I didn't recognize him at all. Because, like, he's – if you're not a big golf fan, no, people aren't going to recognize Brooks Tepka just out of nowhere. Not yet. And it was – it's it's funny. And, you know, the cool part about him too is – so he gets up to 18. He has a two-shot lead over Tiger and Adam Scott. Um, he has a two shot lead so that all the announcers are like, yeah, you know, you should probably just, you know, hit an iron off this tee, play it safe. You know, the worst that he can do is, you know, if he hits an iron off the tee, the worst he's going to do is bogey, you know, and, and he's probably just going to par it. He doesn't need to birdie. He doesn't need to be aggressive. He walks up to the tee, rips his driver out of the bag. Can you blame him with how he was hitting it that weekend? No, you can't. But then he just. But the, driver's the reason he beat Tiger. Oh, yeah, it is. Because like, he was I mean, he, he, I. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but it felt like he hit every single fairway on Sunday. I'm sure he missed some here and there, but like it literally felt like he was ripping every single drive 330 right down the middle. Yeah, I mean he was he was deadly with his driver, and but it was just it was crazy because most people on on Sundays when they when they have the lead they play a little bit safe on 18, especially when you have a two shot lead. But nope, he just rips driver out, hits it. Perfect shot down the fairway, 330 yards, has an easy shot into the green, and ends up winning. Now, did you catch at the very end? Were you able to watch the very end? I missed the very end. I was uh, I was in a different part of the state, and I had to drive back, so I missed the very end of it. So at the very end, it's very common in PGA Championships or in any in any major or any and actually any golf event, the winner if once they're on 18. Um, the other, like whoever they're playing with, their playing partner finishes the hole before they make their last putt to win it. Um, so they clear the green and he gets that little celeb- celebratory yeah. moment. Well, he waited forever for Adam Scott because Adam Scott hit his drive yeah, to the. He was on a different hole. Yeah, and to this hole in the left. So he was he was getting you know he was already waiting forever. He just wanted to be over with. He gets up there. He waits for Adam Scott. Adam Scott missed the putt. So he's like, whatever. And she just goes. He leaves a little short and he walks up and the announcers and everyone are like, hey, you can't hit it in. He can't hit it in. He's got to wait. He's got to wait. Let Adam finish the hole. And he walks up to his ball, looks at uh, Adam Scott and he's like, basically probably just asking him, like, is it cool if I finish it? Adam Scott, of course, was like, sure, dude. And so he knocks it in. Adam Scott then has to finish his putt. Who 
he bogeyed to give Tiger solo second. And so, like, usually the winner on 18 finishes their whole uh, last. It didn't work out that way. Well, and he could have, but he was just, he just doesn't care. He was like, whatever. It's not that big of a yeah. deal for him. He's like, what, you know, obviously. You're talking about uh, his, like, not care attitude so awesome, too. Like, they were interviewing him, and they are like, just how much you bench or whatever. He's like, I don't know. Like, I'm not that strong. He's like, um, the, the day I won the U.S. Open, like, I, I woke up, and I did 225 14 times. But, like, the way he said it, it was, like, the most, like, not bragging way. It was just like, yeah, whatever. It's like, who goes to the gym and starts repping out 225 the day before they're about to play in the finals of the U.S. Open? Like, this guy just, like, does his thing, doesn't give a shit. Yeah, it was funny watching it, too. He didn't get a lot of coverage because Tiger, um, which I've heard people criticizing that. I No, Tiger is golf. They have – if they didn't show Tiger, yeah, I then there would have been more backlash that Tiger wasn't all over the, the main broadcast. The, it's It would have been terrible for golf not to show Tiger's round. Ideal and situation, and it doesn't always work out this way, obviously, is if they can get Brooks and Tiger in the final group or something together. Yeah. That would have been epic. That would have been epic. Um but, you know, golf has to – they stick to their old school standards for the most part. Yeah, I mean they're not going to do pairings by oh. ratings. Um, by the way, I just want to mention this. I know that we're talking about – I mean it's a PGA Championship. It's the last major of the year. I don't care how long we talk about this. But <laughs> I don't know if it's just me, if it just irks me. But Adam Scott is a cheater. Oh, the anchoring. All right. I didn't know what your opinion was on this beforehand. So that anchor putter, they, they ruled them out, right? It was it's, a, it's against the rules to use them. No, it's against the rules to anchor them. Right. <laughs> and you cannot fucking tell me, sorry for the F word there, if there's any children listening, that he's not, I get fired up about this, that he is not anchoring because I watched it and I paused it and he puts his thumb on the top. It anchors his thumb to his chest, which technically, I guess, isn't anchoring your club I to your chest. I don't know the exact ruling on it. It's a loophole, <laughs> and he's a cheater. And he only started being good again once he could use his cheater putter. All right. Well, let's be honest. Why are they banned in the first place? Because they're cheater putters. Who cares? If they were that good, everyone would use them. I just think people just don't want to look like jackasses out there. I mean, I would never use one. I think they looked stupid. Yeah, that's why people don't want to use I'd them. I'd be more worried about how stupid I looked. I'd end up missing some three-foot putt because I'd be trying – you know how long a putter would have to be for – I'm six-foot-five for uh, people listening and don't know this. Imagine a six-foot-five guy using one of those. That Listen, thing would be like five feet tall. I think he's cheating. I don't like Adam Scott. <laughs> um he only started getting good when he used, he brought his cheater putter back. So, you know, I'm just I, – I was – I'm so – I'm happy. I am happy that Adam Scott bogeyed 18 to give Tiger sole, pos- sole possession of second place because you know what? He deserves it. He didn't cheat. All right. All right. We, are, we, are we done with last week? Yes. Uh, well, well, I don't well, think there's anything else. Though. Do we want? Do we? Was there any plays that we wanted to talk about? Obviously, we talked about Brooks. I talked about Tiger. You were not on the Tiger train. I was not on the Tiger train. I will say that I was on the Tiger train. Yeah, uh, I was not a big believer. Um, Jason Day was probably the guy I was the most adamant going on uh, into next weekend. I believe he T nineteen. Do you got it in front of you right there? Uh, I don't have it directly in front of me. Hold on, I got it right here. Uh, 
Sorry about not having this pulled up. Yeah, uh, T19 finished a seven under. Um, honestly, kind of a disappointing finish. He was uh, he was eight under going into Sunday. He shot one over on Sunday. So, I mean, he could have shot five or six under and maybe got into it a little bit. But nevertheless, um, guy costs 9K, T19, um, for, stored 70 DraftKings points. It was all right. It was nothing special, but it worked out. Yeah, and then another... Um you know, we we ended up, we we talked about. I, I like the whole nine K range. Nine K range actually did pretty good overall. My boy Webb Simpson, he uh, he Jeez, he Webb got Simpson. a um, you know he ended up finishing T nineteen. Also, uh, we talked about Zach Johnson. He finished T nineteen. Um, Kevin Na, I mentioned, he also finished T nineteen, um, and he was you know he was pretty cheap. Um, we we were on we we really liked Rory. He, uh, yeah, didn't have, he didn't have the weekend that we were hoping for. He no. finished two under T fifty, not great, not good, especially for no, his price. For how, much, for how much he was, that's bad. Um, and then uh, we said Tony Fino. Now Tony, Tony Fino was a weird thing because he finished T forty two, but what was it on? Um, What's his total? On, 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 he had twenty four birdies. Yeah, and but on round two, he started off. Uh, on the second round to make the cut, he started off with what five straight five, birdies, five birdies, triple bogey, two more birdies. Yeah, that's just his front nine. So Tony <laughs> Finau um, is insane. I think with the fact that he had that many birdies, and not even that he didn't play that well, but just that he showed that he can he can birdie. He yeah, he can play that. I think he went in the he went into Friday at plus four and had a triple bogey on Friday and still got the even by the end of the day, made the cut. Yeah. I think, um, if it, if it were me for the Ryder cup, cause I'm so, I cannot describe how happy, uh, how excited I am to watch the Ryder cup this year. Um, but we'll, I do, we'll do a whole Ryder cup preview pod for it. We will happens. for sure. But I think after this weekend, tiger is for sure locked in. Yeah, we talked about it last week. We thought he was going to be, Tiger's gonna be a there's inspector. no way he he's not playing this week. Um, and I think he's going to play, and I think that Tiger— I think knows in. Yeah, I, but I, because Tiger is a captain right now, assistant captain, he's got to pick a new captain. Phil. So I think he's going to pick Kucher as the captain <sighs> because I think Phil's making the team. Why? So I think it's going to be Phil, Tiger, Phil's Finau. Phil's got off. And, and, I, and I, I've changed— after looking at everything, you like acts, don't you? No, I, no. I, I don't think they're going to leave off the ninth, the ninth spot. So whoever finishes in the ninth spot, I think is going in the in the standings. I think is going to make it. And, and there's one more pit that comes later. Well, no, there's four totals. So yeah. Tiger. Yeah. Phil. Fina. Oh. Fina. We're, we're counting Phil. We're counting on? Phil in. He's they, he's never not been on it, and he's ranked he's tenth right now. He's, there's not leaving him off at tenth, and he's never not been on. He's the dead team. weight. Doesn't matter. He he will make it. I don't want him to make it, but there's no way they're leaving Phil off, and he's tenth overall in the standings. Zero percent. I mean, you're probably right, but I I'm, you don't want it. But I don't think they're gonna leave the ninth ranked player off. They and, probably shouldn't. Like you probably earn like your spot at that point. They've never. Well, I was looking back at history, and I don't think they've ever left. What the if ninth it's Bryson DeChambeau? He is ninth right now. He's hitting left off. He There's, might. They're not bringing Bryson. I think they might. They're not bringing Bryson. No one likes him. Everyone thinks he's an arrogant prick. He thinks he's too smart for everyone. I know. He used a protractor on the fairway. 
<laughs> he uses the compass. Whatever it was. <laughs> I know. I know, but I just I just I just don't know if they can leave off the ninth ranked player in the matter. If Xander gets left off and Bryson gets on, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> I can handle Phil. I get it. I mean, did you see Mizzen and Maine dancing commercial? Oh my god. Phil's just in the hearts of everyone. I'm not a Phil. You know fan. the joke's on us for that. Because everyone is posting all over the internet, talking about it and everything. And at the end of the day, he owns part of the company, so he's just making a ton of money off the advertising. That's right. You know, he's a smart man. He's a businessman. He's going to face Tiger here in November. So Yeah, 10 mil um, on the line. 10 mil on the line. So um, Also, we did our head-to-head matchup last week. I believe we're even now, right? We are even. You happened. I did play my best lineup against you. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. On the week, you should have played it in something else. Uh, and I, I did. I that's the lineup I did play one other place and did cash a little bit, but I still lost in the week. But um, I don't even see it in my history. For well, some I have reason. it. Okay. Um, you ended up playing against me. You played Justin Thomas. You tied six. Brooks Kepka, the winner. Jason Day, Tony Finau, Andrew Lahiri, I think that's his name, and uh, Henley. And then I had Dustin Johnson, Justin Rose, Webb Simpson, Zach Johnson, Kyle Stanley, and Kevin Na. You beat me by the score of 457 to 421. But let me tell you. As far as Lahiri, I just want to mention out because I know for sure I did not mention him in the pod. Um, I didn't play him on anything else. I was literally just making a lineup to play you in this $1 head-to-head. And decide to just throw some random die under 7K so, on. So Eric beat me because we both had five for six and he had the winner. But another thing I have to I have to get mad about a little bit last week. Stupid Kyle Stanley. Kyle Stanley, Friday, making the cut through sixteen holes. How about he's minus out? one. He's minus he's minus one overall. The cut's at even. So we just can't somehow get the plus one in two holes proceeds to bogey the 17th and 18th hole but here's the kicker both holes he had a three putt a three foot putt for par missed both three foot putts to miss the cut because if he would have made the cut i would have beat you yeah i'm pretty happy i got off him um my weekend definitely wouldn't have been as good if I uh, went out and stuck on him, I'd probably been losing my mind watching him miss uh, some three-foot putts. I about threw my computer out the freaking window. All so right, uh, let's, let's get to about, this week. Yeah, so what – Not what, the course, just uh, what are you playing in? So I'm going a little bit – I'm going lighter this week. I'm playing 10% of my uh, total bankroll. So however much money I have, I'm playing 10% of that. Um, I'm playing in smaller contests this week. So last week I made some mistakes. I played in some bigger ones. Uh, not huge, but you know, single entry, thirty-three dollar. You know, some bigger events. Um, this week, going a little smaller, ten percent smaller contest, about seventy-five people and under. Um, I'm playing one lineup, and I'm just going to try to win these events to make some bankroll for the playoffs. Uh, not win these. But I'm going to try to cash these. Yeah, that's pretty boring. Good. Let's be honest. Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, did all the research, going to play and everything, but just not the type of field I'm really getting too excited about. We'll get into that more once uh, I do start think, the however, though. that there is an edge this week. Oh, there's for sure an edge. So I think this is the week we could go heavier on. Um, I just – I'm not going to be able to watch a lot of golf this weekend. 
Um, and I don't think, and one, and like, it's just not an event that I'm super excited for. So I'm playing 10%, I'm playing, I'm playing, I can still win on that, but that, that's what I'm doing. What are you doing? Um, yeah, I'm probably gonna, I mean, I say right now, I'm gonna take it light, but, um, come Thursday morning, I'm sure I'll be playing just as much as I normally do. Um, as far as the number of lineups, definitely gonna be pretty limited. I'll have no more than three lineups in play. Um, there's very few guys I like at the top and a bunch of guys in the middle. So I just don't really see the need to play a ton of lineups. Just to pick a couple of guys I really like, lock them in, and then uh, mix it up from there. Uh, I also will be playing in some smaller events, I believe. Although I kind of was considering um, maybe playing a little bit less of the actual bankroll and get in some bigger events, but uh, I'm not really sure. Right now, the plan is definitely to stick to some smaller stuff. But uh, now we kind of mentioned what we played in. Uh, I'll just go ahead real quick. Uh, just give a course breakdown of uh, what exactly event this is. Event this is. Um, we have the Windham Championship this week. It's played at uh, Sedgefield Country Club in Greensboro, North Carolina, pretty close to where I used to live. We have a uh, par 70 course here. Uh, it's playing at 7,127 yards and has Bermuda greens across the whole course. Uh, of those holes, you, we got eight par fours that all range from 400 to 500 yards. So uh, a lot of par fours that are in that specific distance. Um, that was actually 400 to 450. I had that written down wrong. 400 to 450, I believe. Sorry, I missed everything you were saying. I literally had to get up to use the bathroom. That's uh, all good. That's why I just started rolling in the course breakdown here. <laughs> so I, I got out what I was playing. You know, the, the Captain Morgan and the Diet Coke, <laughs> it runs through my system a little right. bit. So you're, you're on the course breakdown, right? Yeah. All I right. just got done talking. Uh, we got uh, eight par fours here, range of 400 to 500. Um, we have two par fives, both of them pretty short. They're playing at 545. Uh, the one on the bat nine is really protected by water. Um, you pretty much got to fly it the whole way if you're going in for two, and you ain't got a ton of green to land it on. So uh, from what I was reading on the course, it sounds like that par five on the back. A lot of guys are going to be laying up short of that water, just taking a wedge in. So not exactly sure how many eagles you'll see, even despite it being uh, fairly short. Uh, maybe come the weekend if someone needs it, they'll try to fly it in there. But uh, we'll see. Uh, as far as how the course compares to the rest of the tour, uh, fairways and green regulations are definitely hit at a higher percentage here than average tour event, so fairly easy to hit them. Um, the cut line has ranged from even to four under uh, since 2012, which is as far back as I had that on. And then uh, the last four events here, the winner has been between 17 and 22 under. So we're going to have a lot of birdies out there this weekend. I had a lot of, a lot of purist golf fans um, are big fans. Of I'm all about sports. the birdies. I'm all about the birdies. Like, let, you know, I don't, I, it's a hard for me. Like sometimes it's, it's fun to watch guys just struggle like at the majors and stuff, but these guys are the best in the world. This course, if we went, we, if we were to go play it, we would, we would shoot just awful. Yeah, I want to see these guys. Just I want to see these guys. If if they hit good shots, I want them to score well. I think events like this, like, this is a weak field. You don't got the big names. Events like this should have all the birdies. There should be building some excitement, seeing some low numbers up there. I'm cool at the majors. Majors, I'm all about it. Make it as hard as they can. 
Yeah, make I, it the true test. But some of these events like this, just let them out, go out there and throw some and big this, numbers up. This is a this is a pretty big week too. Um, this is the last event before the uh, playoffs, the FedEx mm-hmm. Cup playoffs. So there's a lot of players that are um, fighting per, for positioning. On um, the first week of the playoffs, the first uh, the top 125 golfers in the FedEx Cup rankings get to play. Then a week after that, it's the top 100, and it starts dwindling down from there. So the higher you can get up in the standings, the more uh, chances that the better chances you have of playing more weeks. And then the winner of the playoffs, they're competing for a 10 million dollar purse. So um, definitely means something to these guys. I'm, I mean, golf obviously they're all paid well. They have awesome sponsorships, but when you when you bring out a 10 million dollar purse, players care. So yeah. Um, that's always something if you're looking for like tie breaks or something for a golfer, maybe, you know, I'm not, we're not going to go into it too much, but cause, uh, it would just, it, it would just take so long, but maybe pull up the FedEx cup standing, see if a guy's on that 125 bubble, a uh, hundred bubble and just see like, do they need to play well? Then maybe that would make a tie break for you between a couple guys. Yeah. It can make um, the difference. It could, you know, sometimes with that extra motivation will definitely help some players. So um, and then another thing is we have um, – there's not a lot of Ryder Cup um, implications in here. Especially for these guys. Webb really. Simpson, yeah. he's, he's locked in at the number eight spot, I'm pretty sure, at this point, um, especially with his play. So there's not a lot of, on the American side. I know um, there's a couple players on the uh, on the European side that are trying to buy for some uh, – and the Europeans do it a little bit different. They have yeah, I don't, even, I don't picks. know their system exactly. They have eight captain's picks. So – you know, um, there's there's definitely some players in here that might that might be swayed by that. But these are things to consider um, in in golf. Like players, like just like we saw with Brooks Kepka, if players have some motivation, like Brooks really likes the majors and likes the like likes playing against strong fields. Some of these players really like to play on those team events or really want to play in these playoffs. So it can be a tiebreaker. So don't rule that out of your research. Yeah, absolutely, but. Enough about the Ryder Cup. Enough about Brooks Koepka last week. Uh, let's hop into this thing. Uh, I'm still thinking about Brooks Koepka's arm. <laughs> what stats you look at this week? Uh, uh, once again, fantasynational.com. If you're not using it, you need to be. They got every stat you can possibly think of that you need on there. It make your life a lot easier. So, okay. uh, Mike, what are you using on Fantasy there? Fantasy National, I love you. I will never not be a member at your at your golf club. But please – Please, Fantasy National, find me a way, find a way to get the European stats in there. Um, that's all I'm asking. If you're listening, which probably not, but if you ever do, I'm going to keep begging you. I just want the European stats. Okay, but I love it. It's a great, it's a great system. <laughs> it's what we use for majority of our research. All right, stats I'm using this week. Well, you mentioned it. It's Birdie Fest. So, Birdie or oh. better, um, I'm using. It's my highest ranked stat. Um Looking at course history, uh, looks uh, strokes gained on approach is seems to be very important here. The greens aren't too big; they're not too small, but they're not too big. I think approach is def and there are a lot of elevated greens, so I just think approach shots are good. Ball striking, sh- strokes gained, ball striking. This is a ball striking course. You do not have to be a long hitter; you just have to be able to hit the ball. Um, Par four scoring, strokes gained par four. Um, as you mentioned, this course is mostly par fours and not anything too crazy. 
I always look at DK points because, listen, we're playing DraftKings, so I want to know how many points people are scoring because uh, that's important. And then the last set I'm looking at, that I, my lowest rated stat, but it kind of goes with approach, but I, I do like greens and regulation. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think we're fairly similar here. Uh, I'm going to do an order of how heavily I'm weighting these. Mine were in order, too. Yeah, in my mouth. I got Shodestain Power 4. Uh, looking in the time machine they got on here is the biggest correlation I saw with anything. Stizer, Sorwell, and Power 4s typically do well in this event. Uh, Shodestain T to Green. Uh, that's pretty much on there every week for me. Uh, it's going to take ball striking and off the tee into consideration a little bit. I feel like it's a pretty good overall stat of just how, uh, how they're hitting it at the moment. Uh, Shodestain Approach. All the same reasons you noted. I won't say it again. Uh, need to be making some good shots in these greens. Uh, birdies are better gained like you. Uh, draft chains points is important for me. And lastly, uh, just because of how many of them there are on this course, I did put a little bit of weight in par fours specifically from 400 to 450 yards this week. I like I like your logic. Um, we did get some feedback last week on like what some of these stats mean, especially if you're new to playing um, golf. So just to kind of quickly go over it, I'll just kind of go over the stuff I'm using. So birdie or better, um, if it's a par four, they're getting a three or better on the whole. Five, a par five, they're getting a four or better. Um, uh, strokes gain approach, it's their shots into the green. How are they doing against the field? Are they hitting the green? Um, are they are they their approach shots? Are they hitting them into the fairways and onto the green? Um, ball striking, it's just basically how their, how their iron play is, um, against the field. Um, par four scoring, that's pretty easy. Are the, how, how well do they play par fours against the other, um, other people in the field? DraftKings points, how many points are they scoring in DraftKings? And then greens and regulation, par four, you need to be on the green in two. Um, par five, you need to be on the green in three or yeah, in three. So and then par threes, you need to be on the green on your tee shot. So it's just... And just to go off that real quick, I know you kept saying uh, in the field like that. Basically, like if I say, guys, seventh uh, in stroke staying par four. It's not seventh on the entire PGA. It's for the field that week, what he's ranked. Yep, so for so 100 I, and some golfers that are playing in, in the field in any given event, against so, all those golfers, where do they rank? Yeah, so I might say some guys first in something. Dustin Johnson's better in them, but Dustin Johnson's not playing this week, so we don't care about it. We're just measuring them up against their competitors, which really helps when you get a field like this because a lot of top guys not playing this week. This so. is why you have an edge this week, especially if you do some research or listen to some podcasts, um, because – the field's not strong, so you're not going to know a lot of these players. But if you can do the research and see how they rank against other players that are they're playing against, it can give you an edge because it's not not you know not some random person is going to be like, oh, I have some money, let me just go pick you know some random guys who on the DraftKings app, app they're just basically going off their average DraftKings points because that's like the only thing DraftKings tells you. So you know. This it will give you an edge against those because in big events, you know, some some random person can pick some names that they know, some good golfers, and they have those golfers always have a chance to do. Yeah, well. anyone to play Dustin Johnson, right? So you have a if you do some research, you're gonna have a little bit of an edge against, especially some casual players. So we do a lot of the research for you. 
Um, we do not do all of your research. Um, you can take our plays and, you know, you can play them and I'm happy to, for you to do that. Cause we did do a lot of research, but you know, it's like we said, fantasy national. If you want to use some other sites out there, you know, you can, you can poke around and, and see what you like. But, um, I would say, um, definitely just make sure that you're not just selecting random dudes who have an average DraftKings score that you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's good because you don't know what he did well in. So Yeah, and uh, with that being said, uh, you ready to start kind of jumping into some of the guys that we do like this week uh, based off what we're seeing? Yeah, for sure. So let's go. Let's stick to our normal format. Let's just go 10K and up. Um, is there uh, – let me start. Okay. Yeah, okay. go ahead. All right, so – I'm, I'm probably not playing him, but I have to mention him because I'm not going to sway anyone from playing him. Webb Simpson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, he's one of my favorite golfers. Two, he, uh, 2014, he had a daughter. He named her. All right. Let's just talk to it. He's basically obsessed with this tournament. He's from there. He named his daughter after it. He didn't he go to high school like around here. He lives around here. He's a top. He, um, he, he probably cares more about this tournament than he does, like... He literally named his, his daughter Wyndham Rose. But he always, besides 2016, basically his worst finish is uh, T22, I think. How many, win, how many wins he got, though? He doesn't have any wins. All right. At 11-6, I know you probably need him to win. I think if he... I think in this field, you probably only need him to, like, top five. Yeah. Um, I, so I can't agree with that. I mean, Sal, you can... You can fill up a roster and probably leave a decent amount of money on the, the table. The only reason I'm kind of off of him is his in uh, in his last 24 rounds, he's 84th in this field, and birdies are better. He's kind of like a grinding golfer. Um, he won't. He never usually shoots the job, bad, um, but he he normally he just normally plays well. Like he he'll have some birdie some birdies, a lot of pars. He just kind of grinds it out. So this. And, but he loves this course, so I'm not going to probably play him because I don't know if I want to pay 11-6 for him, but I cannot I, – I do like him. Like, I think he he will he will make the cut, and I guarantee he'll finish well. I just don't know if I can pay 11-6 for him because he needs a top five, and I just don't know if I can count on him to top five with that birdie or better. Yeah, I'm not going to be playing him. Uh, same thing as you. Someone wants to play him. I'm not going to talk him off it. Just, I, mean, I don't have any interest. He literally comes up to this course and sees his daughter's name everywhere. Um, Were we doing 10K and up or yeah, 11K and up? 10, uh, 10K and up. Okay. So another guy that I like, I, I only have two guys started 10K and up. Um, this guy is my like stone cold lock of the week. I don't know his ownership yet, but I don't care. Um, Rafa Cabrera, Cabrera Bello. He's going to be high owned. Um, he top 10 at the PGA championship. Um, he is on the European Ryder cup bubble. He is, he's eighth in my model. He checks all of my boxes. Um, his worst is greens and regulation, but that's my lowest ranked everything else. He's top 25. I love me some R's. Um, RC, RC Rafa B. Cabrera RCB. Bello. I love some RCB. I'm not going to say his name because I'm Rafa drinking the Cabrera captain. Bello. Drinking the captain. I apologize like, if the mis, uh, name's mispronounced, but uh, Rafa Cabrera Bello, for who don't know who RCB is. Yeah. Um, I like him too. 
Uh, he's actually the only guy in this 10K range that I really have any serious interest in. Uh, he grades out awesome. Everything. I'm not going to beat it like you just said. Uh, as far as stats, he grades out good, coming off top 10, all that stuff. Uh, I got nothing else to say about him. That's the only guy I got, though. I do want to say uh, Henrik Stenson, he's the defending champ. Um, the reason we I'm not on him, he grades out really well in a lot of stats, but um, his putting has just been off. His birdie or better, he's just not, he's not getting, he's not hitting he's birdies. Not getting it done. He's not getting it done. I mean, he's one of the best pure ball strikers. He's ranked number one in the field. He's, he's, his I will say play this. is insane. Um, I'm going to be playing uh, RCB regardless, but according to what I'm seeing, he's definitely going to end up top three-ish in ownership in the field. Uh, he's going to be very popular, but I think there's plenty of other places that get different in this event. I think up here at the top, if you got a guy you like, play him. Get yep. different, lower. There's plenty of guys to get different with. And like I said, I, I'm not playing Henrik since I don't have him starred, but – I mean, he is the defending champ. He's one of the best ball strikers. If he can figure out his putting and these greens aren't that difficult, he could play really well. But um, it's just not for me this week. Okay. Um, all right. So do you want to go uh, 9K range? Yeah. Tell me who you like uh, in the 9K range. Nine, I, oh, buddy. Because I know uh, that you have been basically uh, – We just talked about your lock in a week. I can promise you this. I will not play a lineup on DraftKings this week that does not have Joaquin Neiman on it. Um, for those of you who don't know who he is, he's very young. Uh, he's top 10 or top 20 or top 10, like half the PGA events he's played on. He's only 19 years old. Kids, crazy talented ball striking and stuff. He does struggle around the greens a little bit, which can be a bit concerning, but I think this guy's got crazy amounts of talent. He's going to win a a tournament soon. And I saw this field, saw he was in it and saw he was under 10 K and, if he's going to win one this year, like, this is it. Like, that, he definitely could win in this field. So I knew I was on him just when I saw the price and saw him. And then I actually started doing my research and uh, plugging all the weights and everything. And uh, I generate my uh, model and I pull up. And uh, sure enough, guess who grades out number one on my model? Joaquin Neiman. So absolute lot for me. He'll be on all my lineups. Any other 9K plays? Nope. Okay, I have two more. I'm also on Neiman. He grades out number one in my model. Also, his worst stat out of all the ones I mentioned is 13th in approach. Um, other than that, he's number one in birdie and better, number one in DraftKings points over the last 24 rounds. So um, under uh, he's underpriced in this field. He should be over 10K. So he's going to be chalky, but you know, oh, yeah. in this event, you can eat the chalk. Um, and if you're, if you're taking our advice and playing in smaller um, events – it's okay to just play some chalk. I mean, you can get different in, in your in your um, lower range guys. Just you might have to eat some chalk. If you just want to get pick golfers you think are going to do well, and Neiman, based on his stats, he's got to perform well. Like I, I just don't see how he doesn't. Like, um, talk, we'll talk about lineup construction a little bit more later. But like those two guys we named, uh, Rafa Cabrera-Bello and Neiman. Now, I know I I told you right before we hopped on the pod. Like, I think my plan, I'm probably going to lock both those guys in, and I'm going to get really weird with the other four golfers, and that's where I'm going to different. But yeah. like, I think those two are by far the best plays at the top. I'm just going to play them. I'll get different other places. Yep. Um, I also uh, I like uh, Billy Horschel. Uh, he grades out ninth in my model. Um, he, uh, from 
he's uh, he had a T thirty five here last year. Uh, or no, he had a T thirty five at the PGA. Uh, he didn't play a lot of. He got cut at the RBC, and he had a T two at the Barbasol. Um, I also think he grades out well for me too. He, he just well. didn't have anything that I just didn't realistically see myself playing him. He grades out well for me. I like him. Um, I think it's definitely a guy if you want to be. He's going to be lower owned. I think if you want to get different, he's ninth in my model. Um, I I just I think he can do really well. He's twenty fourth in birdies or better. He's ninth in par four scoring, tenth in ball striking, twelfth in DK points. So like I think he definitely can perform well for you. I don't know if he's going to make my lineups, but if you want to get a little different, you're playing any large field GPPs. I think he's definitely a good play. Um, and actually, as I'm looking at it, uh, that's, those are the only guys have start. I do want to mention one more guy. Doesn't check boxes. Oh, jeez. Who you got? Uh, oh, God, I know who it is. Don't even say it. Doesn't check any boxes. Um, For the record, I am not advising to play this, this player. But <laughs> he, I just, you know, sometimes I'm, in golf, I tend, to, I tend to be a little bit more on the narrative street because uh, it's an individual sport. Um, Sergio Garcia, he's like – 99th in DK points, last yep. 24 rounds. Listen, like I said, he's not going <laughs> to check boxes. Um, but he's never – he's he's never – and I don't think in his career he's missed the playoffs. Um, he is like six spots out right now in the playoffs. So if he can put together a decent week this week, he can make it into the playoffs. Um, usually he doesn't even play this event because he's always in the playoffs and he takes this week off before the playoffs start. I will say this. Um, next, but he in the last time he played this event, um, when he wasn't a defending champ, was 2012, and he won it. So I'm will- not I'm not saying to play him. But I'm telling you right now, I do not have him favored. Like I'm not endorsing him, but I'm saying if you want to get crazy, there's definitely some motivation for him. You're, you're saying in a large field GPP, I think you could do worse. You're saying if you're throwing out there. 10-plus lineups, throw them on one, right? I mean, you're not talking a huge investment. I'm saying, like, if you're going to play – if you're going to play one lineup, absolutely not. If you're going to play three lineups, probably not. If you're going to play any more than three lineups, throw them on one. I will say this. Projection-wise, you're getting them single-digit ownership. I mean, if he puts it together and has a big week, you're going to be sitting real pretty in GPPs. I just like the narrative that he is – um, cause I, I was looking at FedEx cup standings and I was looking at these golfers and Sergio's not been playing well. Like I, no, he's been I mean, horrible this year. He's what? missed like 80 cuts. <laughs> I mean, he definitely is. How many is it? At one point I know it was like four or five in a row. He's missed a lot of cuts. He's missed, um, he's he missed, missed five out of his last six. Uh, no, it, it's worse than that. I, yeah. He's missed more than one, that. two, three, four, five, six. He's missed seven out of his last nine. And the two finishes were a 70th and a 39th. Yeah. Listen, I know it's not a he great play. He was playing play. good before that, yes, though. Yes, it's not a great play. I'm just saying. The Masters. I'm, I'm looking all at, down I hill. saw his name up here, and I was like, geez, why is he – he's been playing so bad. And I look, and I started researching him because I'm like, I, you know, for some reason I just had this itch. Um, but I think – I will say this. He's 33rd to the green. He's terrible on par fours, but if I, if I had to pick out one thing, at least he has – one of the stats that I value well or highly, he does have a good number. Listen, I'm telling you, do not play him. 
unless you are playing five plus lineups. Mike, are you about to talk me into getting a Sergio lineup this weekend? If you're playing five plus lineups, yes. But I'm telling you, like, if you're playing one to three lineups, please don't play him. <laughs> this is a. I'm just. I wanted to mention it because I think I really like. I do, I hate storylines, but I love storylines for golf because it's an individual sport, and yeah. I think those things matter more in an individual sport. So that's the only reason I'm mentioning him. Let's go to the AK range so I can stop thinking about stupid Sergio Garcia. Um, big reason I was talking about the two uh, Neiman and RCB and locking them in is I don't like a whole lot. Eight to eight up. There are only three golfers. I like I already named two uh, in the AK range. The last one's Harold Barnard, the third. Uh, he's going to be super, super chalky. Uh, he's 8,900, uh, good tournament history, uh, good form coming in with the 17th and a sixth in his last two events. I believe he had another top 15, uh, before that. Yeah. He had a 17th here, sixth at the John Deere, which as far as style of tournament, I think to be fairly comparable. Their bill should be birdie fest. Uh, not that difficult of a tourist. And he had a fifth before that. So, uh, yeah, at 8,900, he grades out well for me. And, uh, with the form, I'm definitely interested. Who else? That's it. You have one guy. I have one guy in the 8K range. Okay, I have two. I have HV32. He um, does grade out 12th on my uh, model. I got made it here just for everyone's record. Yeah, HV3 grades out 6 on my model. I love him. Uh, I really like him as just like a player. Um, he grades out really well on my model. He's not that great at par fours. That's the thing the that's holding back for me is I got that weighted a little heavier than you, I think. Yeah, so he's he's a, it's a little bit scary. Um but he's performed well at this tournament. Uh, I would definitely say he's in play, especially if you want to fade the top end. He's gonna be he's gonna be higher on. But like we said, you can eat some chalk at the high end in these kind of tournaments. Can we backtrack real quick? Yeah, but can I finish talking about HV three? Yeah, well, I, I, I rudely interrupt. I thought you were done on him. I'm sorry. You're, you're throwing me off here. Yeah. What else do you have on HV three? I had to think about it. I just want to say he's top t- he's top twelve in every other category for me besides par four. So I think he's a stone cold like um, like play of the week. Like I think you can play him a hundred percent. I'm just he's prob he's not off my list because I I'm I'm not for sure if I'm gonna play Neiman or not. So like I might play Varner. It just depends on how the money works out. But Varner is a really really good play this week. So. Who do you want to backtrack to? I got one guy in the 9K range that um, I kind of just looked at, and I feel like you probably we should talk about him. Um, yeah, any thoughts on Ryan Moore? I did read an article about him from 2013. Jeez. I was, I, <laughs> listen, when I do research, I start typing people into Google. I start looking at news Five articles. years ago, what do you got? What do you got? He loves this course. Yeah, he's got some um, decent yeah, history. There, there was quotes from him from an article I read back in like 2013. He was preparing for this course and was talking about how much he loved this course. He so, had a T10 in 2015, T24 last year. So, yeah, I mean, I mean he's 25th the, in my model. Oh, he's higher than that for me. He's Listen to this really on mine. bad with birdies or better. Uh, yeah, that's the bit. If, he, if it wasn't for birdies or better, he'd probably be like top five. Man. I got him at 15th. Um, number one. I'm all mine the last 24 rounds. Number one, stroke stain par four. Number two, stroke stain tee to green. Number nine, stroke stain approach. And number three on those par fours and 400 to 450. 
Um, what I don't understand is how in the world you could be hitting the ball that well and storing on par fours that well, and he has 91st in birdies gained and 56th in DK points. Like the guy's making good shots and then just not getting it done once he's on these greens. I bet. I bet you he's terrible at putting. I want to. I want to look, look it up because that's what I I think probably is the. Um, he's got to be putting horribly right now. Yeah, I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that real quick here. Because he's um, hitting the ball amazing. Let's go last 24 rounds, and I'm doing this live for you guys. I, I'm using – this is how quick Fantasy National is. I'm looking I'm, – I'm pulling up the last 24 rounds. I'm Dubai looking at the- strokes gained putting. Um, so I'm going to add this to my model here, and I'm not going to wait it because I don't I don't want it to mess up my, my model here. But I just want to – I just want to see – where these players rank in putting because putting's always important. It's inconsistent. It's though. inconsistent. The greens are always different, so that's why I don't weight it too much. You can break it down to, you know, the type of greens they're playing on and stuff like that. But yeah, so in the this is the reason he he's isn't doing. Oh, well. it's got to be putting horribly. It's so the only thing that makes in any field, sense. in this field, there is how many players? One hundred and fifty. There is 152 players in this field. Okay. Ryan Moore is 139th in strokes gained putting over the last 24 rounds. Okay. So I'm talking as a GPP play here. That's the kind of guy I want. Yeah. I mean, if he just – He's hit the ball putts, great. He's played good here before. Hits it close. Um, he hits it close. All He's type of guy. He should come in. Maybe he could go uh, – let me check. I have no idea what they're projecting as ownership. They're actually projecting to be fairly chalky. Yeah, I'm off. That's yeah. it right there. If, if you can get a guy like that at low ownership who can maybe just get hot with a putter for one weekend, I'd be all over it. But can they, you tell me where Henrik Stenson is um, – ownership projections are, like yeah. around relative – all right. These are always off, but yeah, it will give us a rough idea. These are off idea. last week. They got him at around 13%, probably like the 15th most popular guy. They got Ryan Moore, actually, is like the sixth most popular golfer. So let's say this. If you want to get, get cute, uh, I would – not cute, but if you want to play GPP, let's not say Ryan Moore. You can play him if you want, but Henrik Stenson. He's 132nd in the field in putting. Honestly, I mean, yeah. He I grades mean, out better than Ryan Moore. In all the stats that you're that we're that we're talking about, for the most part, or grades out really well, but he's really bad in putting. So um, he can definitely like just like you're saying, like those are the kind of guys like if you want to play in a large field GPP and he's only going to be you know in that 10 to 15 percent, and he just happens to hit it close and make his putts easier and happens to make some putts, he could he could blow up. Yeah. But let's get back on track here. Did All you right. have anyone else in the 8K range? Yes. I know I've, we talked about Harold Varner. Yep, I have one guy. Okay. Uh, 8,300. Plays on the senior tour. Plays on uh, plays events in the PGA that he just wants to play in. Uh, Steve Stricker. Yep, great time. Um, well. He's 15th in my model. He is pretty solid across the board. Um, and I think this is a course for an old guy like him who doesn't hit it far. The people that have won previously at this tournament are not huge hitters. Um, and he wouldn't play in this event if he didn't want to because he's on the senior tour. I think yeah, um, he doesn't need to be here. Right. He doesn't need to be here. And um, I think he's like, he hasn't played in any events recently, like on the PGA. And 
And he played in the RBC, T50, John Deere, T43. Does so he typically great. play in the weaker events? I haven't looked. Um, he just normally plays in events that aren't super long. Once he actually thinks he can compete? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying, like, he's, like, a, like a mate. I don't think he's going to, like, win the tournament. Yeah. But do I think he can place well? Yeah, I think I think he can. His stats are really good. He's 15th in my model. Out of all the 8K range guys, he's um, the second highest behind Varner. So um, I just wanted to mention him. I don't want to, you know, not mention him. So those are my uh, my two plays in the in the 8K range. Um, I'll start the 7K range. Okay. I have, yeah, here's I know. Well, let's let's go. Let's let's, go, let's do 75. 79 and then we'll do 74 and below yeah because there's a lot of guys in the 7k range not even that like we like it's just the most like condensed um yeah price range also like like i i love a ton of guys here so we were talking about this before the podcast our boy ride or die we love him chung sing pan or ct pan um (laughs) ct pan it's chang sun chang sung pan he is 10th in our model, in my model. Yours. Not uh, quite that high. He's 10th in mine. Let me tell you guys this. I, the, you said we love him. The reason – I think I played this guy the first, like, five weeks straight that we were – three, four weeks straight we were playing. I couldn't stop playing this guy. But go ahead. So, um, he's just consistent, right? He he plays he, – he, he grades out really well in all of the stats – for the most part, um, he doesn't. He doesn't have a good tournament history. Sixty third here last year, so not great. Um, so like I can't. I can't say anything like that. He hasn't played in a lot of events recently, so he's not. His recent form is kind of shaky. But he makes birdies. He makes birdies. He's seventh in the field, and birdies are better. He's third in the field in DK points. Um, he's. You know all his other stats. He's top twenty-five. So I, I just like CT Pan. Now the one thing that worries me, and we and I and I brought this up to you, is I saw him. On, I follow him on Twitter because, like I said, I'm a, I'm a fan. His wife's on his bag. Is his caddy this week? Yeah, you told me that right as we were starting the pod. I think I'm off for that reason. Yeah, that's a little scary because like not nothing against his wife. I, she, I'm sure she's a lovely lady. Um, but what happens when they get in a fight and he's like, you know what? I'd rather just miss the cut and go home than deal with this for four days. See, and that's not even what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like a lot of times caddies are helping golfers with decisions. I'm sure, to play holes I'm and, sure she has some form of like knowledge of golf though or else he wouldn't be doing this, right? I don't know. I, I can't say no, but I think he's just doing it because it's a, it's a stupid event. Well, that's a stupid and decision. And he just wants his wife on his bag. That's so. a dumb decision. Um, yeah, so another guy I like <laughs> – Sorry, um, Shane Sun. I disagree with your logic. This guy, I mentioned him last week. He did not do well last week. But I'm going to keep mentioning him because I think he's better than, you know, he's been performing. Peter Uline, 7,700. He's 20th in my model. He's a bomber, but he's also 16th in the field and birdies are better. He's 15th in the field and par score, par four scoring, 12th in the field and DK points. He's, I don't know if he can make the cut because the dude just seems like um, cuts aren't his thing. Uh, he's never played here before, too, so like that that's kind of scary. And he's missed the cut the past two times he's played this, this event. So recent form in tournament history, not the reasons you'd play him. 
I like him because of his birdie or better percentage, his par four scoring, and his DraftKings points against the field. And he's 7,700, and he's 20th in my model. So I'm going to mention him. I don't know if he'll make it in my lineups, but I I, I think this could be a, a, a decent week for him. Um, I like Chris Kirk. He's going to be chalky, super chalky, 7,500. I think he's projected the most. Yep, he's third in my model. He's in great form. He's top 25 in every stat that I've mentioned. Um, his this dude makes cuts. He makes cuts. He hasn't missed a cut since April 1st. And at 7,500, you just need him to make a cut. And the better he does, the just it's better for you. But like you just need him to make the cut. Like That's really what you're hoping for. So he's probably going to make the cut. I like him. Um, that's, that's, he can finish high up. too though. I mean, he's at three top 11s or better over yeah. that span too. So he can put up a good finish for you. And I believe, let me pull up my numbers here. Uh, I'm just going to keep talking about Chris Kirk while you're on it. So I, he grades out number two in my model at 7,500. Um, the guy sits in DK points, second in par four scoring, fourth in approach 21st. I mean, he just checks every single box and you don't see guys do that at 7,500. So, of all these 7K guys, um, like you said, not exactly how many line, sure how many lineups I'm playing. He's definitely be one of my most high owned, uh, one guys I like the most in this area. Um, Shane Sunpan, I'm trying to suck her for him. I don't know why. I just say him. Um, if you do play him and he makes a bogey, don't freak out. He does a lot of that, but he does make a lot of birdies too. Um, and, He's like a poor man's female. Yeah, and, and hey, he made a birdie on a 36 hole to make a cut for me, and I don't forget things like that. All right. Um, I don't, Wait, can you can you say that again? Is the is the is the captain getting to you a little bit? The 36 hole. You slurred that a little bit. All so right. Well, I was just getting distracted. All right. You're th- he he did what for you? The 36 hole of the tournament, he birdied to make the cut for me. Okay. He needed a birdie to make the cut, got down the last hole. I don't forget things like that. I've also got many messages from you at work <laughs> when he's in his, you know, when he's on his fifth hole and he has three bogeys <laughs> and then you're, you're, you're about to throw your computer out the window. And then the next thing you know, like an hour later, I'm getting messages that you love him because he just made three birdies in a row. So yeah. he's a very, he's a roller coaster ride, Yeah, but uh-huh. he makes a lot of birdies and in DraftKings. That's all we care about. Birdies, a birdie, a birdie and a bogey is better than a par and a par. Um, I had Jason Cockrick here at 79. He doesn't grade out that well for me, to be honest. He's 41st in my model. Um, he's just been playing really well lately. He's uh, 28th in my model. Okay, so a little higher for you. I mean, he finished 19th PGA, 12th at the RBC. Did miss the cut open, but I know we talked about this before. I'm kind of ignoring the results in the open because that thing was a freaking bloodbath. I mean, everyone is making bogeys. And then he had third at the Greenbrier. So pretty good form. Uh, like I said, doesn't grade out stat-wise crazy good, but definitely interested. Um, with a field like this, I like guys who are playing good golf. Cool. Those are only three I had in the 7,500 and up. All right, let's go 74 into 7,000. There is – I have four guys. So let's see I have if – five. All right, let's see if we are uh, on the same thinking path. You go, and then I'll see if you, me and you are on the same wavelengths here. All right, well, I know you have this guy. Bronson Burgoon. I love me some Burgoon. You want to take Burgoon? Um, yeah, he's seventh in my model. Same here. Okay. Uh, he's 7,400. He is 
14th and birdies are better. He's a birdie machine. Um, he is, he's 10th in approach, seventh in ball striking fifth in DK points. Um, par fours, you know, he's 42nd. So like he's top, you know, what top fourth of the field and he's 32nd in greens and regulation. Um, he is, he, his tournament history is not great. He's played here once. He missed the cut. That was two years ago, 2016. Um, and then his recent his recent uh, performances, not amazing. He got cut at the RBC. He got cut at the Open. We mentioned we don't care about the Open. But before that, at the John Deere, which is very similar to this course with uh, how it plays, he had a tied for second. So I like him a lot. Okay. Uh, I agree everything on him. I'm not going to hit on it. Uh, him again. We're both agree it's good play there. Uh, guy I literally like. I got a couple guys like this this week that don't grade out crazy well for me. Uh, Rory Sabatini. Grades out 39th. Ugh. And not a fan? I, I can't stand it. All right. Well, listen. Let me, hear me out then. Grades out 39th. Uh, he is coming off a 12th at the RBC Canadian Open. And in an event where there's not a whole lot of guys that have very consistent history. Granted, he's only played here two in the last five years, but he did have a T4 and a T8. Uh, I mean, when you're talking guys this cheap, almost down to 7K range, it doesn't take a whole lot for me to start to like you. Um, moving past that, uh, I got Tyler Duncan here. Grading out at number three in my model at $7,300. Um, he is grading out awesome as far as TD Green, Approach, DK points. Uh, checking all the boxes there. Uh, coming into this event, uh, pretty good form. He had a 17th, 49th, but he had a 12th at the John Deere, which I think is going to play pretty similar as far as the tournament and uh, scoring, so definitely of interest there. Uh, also, grading out very highly is Richie Wierenski, which I'll be honest, uh, saw this name up there and had to do quite a bit of research to see how uh, who this guy is, because he's not a guy you'd be considering a lot of normal events. He's been playing good, though. He had a second at the Barber School, a 23rd at the John Deere, which I'll stop mentioning at this point. I think it's going to correlate well. He grades out 5th in Tita Green, 8th in Approach, 11th in DK points, 15th in Birdie or better. So I think he makes a lot of sense. He also T10 this last year. Did he T10 this? I didn't have the tournament history pulled up here. Yep, he T10 this last year. Yeah, definitely all over this guy then. And then uh, lastly in this range, I have Sam Ryder. Grady out at 24th for me. Uh, 12th for me. Okay, I yeah. have him start also. He checks a ton of boxes for me. Par 4 storing's a little shaky, but he stores 2nd um, at the John Deere, 7th at the Barbasol. Kind of bad week at the RBC. They're going to happen here and there. Uh, definitely another guy that I'm very interested in. Yeah, so uh, we just like all the same guys. So, oh, all five? Uh, well, I don't have Sabatini because I think he's trash, but I have <laughs> right. the other four guys, so I agree with you completely. Um, the other guy I have, I forgot because it was kind of far down, is um, I really like uh, David Lingmurth. Um, he's 13th in my model. He is second in birdies and better. He is top 40 in all the other stats. Um, at 7K, being 13th in my model, he's going to pique my interest. Um, I just, I really, I really do like him and, uh, not the greatest tournament history, um, but playing pretty well overall. Um, I just like, uh, David Lingworth. He's a guy I will mention if you need a cheap guy, throw him in there. And then lastly, um, 
I'll just go with 7K and under. I like Mackenzie Hughes. He's fifth in my model. He's 13th in birdies or better, 6th in approach, 21st in ball striking, 25th in par fours, 19th in DK points, and 13th in greens regulation. Based on those stats, he should be a lot more expensive. I don't know how chalk he's going to be, but Mackenzie Hughes at 6,800. I can't ignore that. Um, that is insane for where he's ranked. And at the RBC, he had a T8. At the John Deere, he had a T16 at 6,800. If he does that, that's great. Yeah, um, I, I'm the same way I'm at Kenzie Hughes. He just chucked way too many boxes to be at this price. Like, it's one of those things, um, if, you, if you're doing your model and you're putting the work in and, like, figure out what stats you're going to value and stuff, the whole reason you do that is it kind of helps you make decisions. And when you put all those numbers in, and there's a guy who pops up at fifth that costs 6800 and who's top 16 to three out of his last four events, like – if you don't make that play, I feel like there's almost not even a point in using a model. Nope. Because if you're not making that play, you're not trusting the work that you're putting in in the first place. Um, I'm definitely really interested to have some. Here's the only reason I might not be crazy heavy on them is I don't think you need the money this week. Yeah. Um, I was looking at earlier, I think you can load up on a bunch of guys in these 7K range and still get up to some of the top guys. Um, if you do have a couple higher end guys that you are very interested in, I think he's definitely your go-to as far as dirt cheap guy, open up some money. Perfect. Yeah. I think, um, and we, in line of construction, like we said, we kind of like, um, low 10, um, high nine players, um, like, um, or like, uh, Rafa Cabrera yeah, Bella. RBC and uh, or RCB and uh, Joaquin Neiman and Joaquin Neiman and then we like a lot of 7K guys so that's probably where we're going. If you want, you can play a couple of those 10K guys and then throw in like a McKenzie and a couple 7K guys. Um, definitely think it's it's kind of stars and scrubs with uh with like that. If for some reason, sorry, to cut you off, Mike. If for some reason you don't like one of those two top end guys. Like we said earlier, I'm not going to talk to anyone off the web. I think it's super easy to play them if you want to. I'm not going to be there, but I can understand why some would. Yep, and I think I think it's also okay if you want to leave some money on the board this week. Yeah, um, if absolutely. You, if, if, you, if you're confident in some of these guys and you have some money left over, but you want to play those guys, just play them. Like, it's okay. You don't have to, you don't have to use all of your budget. Yeah, this week, I would say most weeks you want to spend most of it. This is one of those weeks – don't be afraid to leave a significant amount of money on the table. Just play the guys you like. Money shouldn't be an issue. Yep. Well, I think we're going to do another heads-ahead. We're one and one so far. All right. So yeah. uh, we're going to do another head-ahead We need to keep week. track of the record somewhere where people can see that. Throw it up on Twitter, like the bio or something. Yeah, we'll do something like that. Um, we'll figure it out. But like I said, um, if you missed it or, you know, in the, in the beginning, we would love for you to follow us on Twitter at SWSDFS. Um, you can email us. Um at swimming with sharks dfs at gmail.com um send us some questions we're happy to answer them i mean we probably have like a few listeners right now so we would easily be able to get to your questions so um hey if you like us spread the love guys yes let some people know let your friends know share it on facebook whatever you got to do let's get some listeners um we want to help some average people beat some sharks so let's go out there this week last week before the playoffs, and let's catch some sharks.